Episode 17 of 115 Miles is a topical slugfest. Sergio Aguero and Sean Massey Ellis. Harmless touch or a touch too far? The North and South divide spirals out of control into a conversation of NSYNC versus the Backstreet Boys. We look at whether murderers can become reformed characters, the importance of having mentors, and we talk about how Hass's next job could be as a ballerina. He just doesn't know it yet. And of course, we finish with the reasons to be cheerful. As ever, we hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please leave us a review and come and join the community at 115 Miles Pod on Instagram. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Living exactly 115 miles apart, our lives could not have been more different growing up, yet we find ourselves today as really good friends with many similar outlooks and perspectives. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture and everything in between. Pass today for you, mate. The way I'm going to do this today, I've got five titles for you because I know you like titles. Have you had your hair cut, by the way? Not uh, not for about two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks ago. All right, mate. Since the last show, you've had it cut. Uh, after uh, that, after I've got five titles for you. <laughs> five titles for you, right? They are five titles of five different topics. I'm going to read them all out to you. You can pick... You can pick your favourite title, and uh, and then we're gonna have the, we're gonna talk about that topic. Okay. The good thing about the titles is, some of them you might be able to guess the conversation, right? And some of them you might not be able to. So, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I'm a bit confused. Just just roll with it. Let's see where we go. <laughs> Title number one. <laughs> so what? So hang on. What am I supposed to? Am I supposed to say if I like it or not? No, I'm going to give you... F- listen, mate, right? You need to listen. It's not. Okay. This isn't about bad instructions. This is about bad listening skills at the moment. Okay. All right? All right, okay. Let's go. Uh, you started it off so good last week, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to come in. I'm going to go straight. I'm not going to ask my ears. I'm going to go straight in. And you've ruined it with petulant lack of listening skills. I uh, see. Uh, a bad workman never blames his tools. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Come on. So here's the five titles. You can pick the first topic of conversation. If we don't get through all five, we don't get through all five. The first title is Touchy Touchy Feely Feely. Okay. The se- <laughs> all right. The second the second title is The Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. Ooh. The third title is Off the Hook or Reformed Character. The fourth title is Greatness Looks Like Madness Until It Finds Context. And then the fifth title is Ballerining Into Cyber. Okay. Okay. So I think I know what the fifth one is, obviously, the topic, which I'm interested in. And I think I know what the first one is. Uh, What was the third one again? The... Uh, sorry, off the hook or reformed character. Yeah, let's go with that one. Okay, off the hook or reformed character is about a man called Stephen Gallant. Ring in any bells? 
Stephen. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go on then. You tell me if it's ringing bells. I think this is the guy who uh, uh, who whose who, whose heroic uh, efforts uh, were put into effect on the London Bridge uh, terrorist attack. Man knows his news. Yeah. Man knows his news. Yeah. You don't get any prizes for knowing. Um, okay. So, yeah, I thought we could discuss this and what it means. So, let me just give you a quick bit of context. His name is Stephen Gallant, and he was... Do you know what he was jailed for, originally? Murder. Yeah. For, so, he got 17 years in prison in, in 2005 for violence, uh, for, for murder, violently, well, violently murdering someone. It was a, it sounds like it was a fight outside of a pub and someone got killed. Okay. Uh, the person that got killed happened to be a firefighter. And the Queen has exercised the rarely used royal prerogative of mercy, mm-hmm. is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was due to be up for his hearing for probation in 10 months' time, and she's brought it forward so that he gets it early. So, I guess the first question is, do you think he should? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. I'm not giving you any other questions Okay, yet. okay. Deal with the first question. Um, do I think he should? I think his efforts warranted... Uh, I think his efforts warranted... The, uh, yeah, I think his efforts warranted the pardon. You do think they warranted yeah. the pardon? Do what, what do you think his family will will think of it? The family of the fireman that was killed? I, they checked, so I've read this, they, they checked with them oh, first. Oh, have they? Yeah. You know more than me. Uh, okay, yeah, they checked with them first. Because, of course, that may, you know, you know, that would be extremely insensitive to kind of go, hey, you're a hero. But as far as I... I'm aware from when I read it yesterday, they checked with the family first and they gave it their blessing. They did give it their blessing? As far as I'm aware, the son gave it, its, the, the son of the, uh, the person that lost his life gave uh, the pardon his blessing. What's the biggest pardon you would have given him? What's the biggest pardon? I was, He's been given. <laughs> I was going to say pardon. Um, uh, sorry. He's been given ten months, right? So, because because look, the seventeen years is basically nearly up, right? Se- what what two thousand and five? Seventeen years would be twenty twenty two. So his hearings come in uh, ten months early. Yeah. Is ten months about right? Do you think, or is it? Or well, I think it. You know, it's ten months because it's it, it's the closeness to the end of his sentence right so mm-hmm. had it been six years ago uh, I guess you'd have to ask the question at the time I, I guess there's a bigger point which is um, like the reason I say I think he should at least have a consideration is because of his efforts but I don't think it should just be him you know like I don't think it can just be because you were there at the time you know, and you're just treated as a one-off. I think it points to a fact that you know, if people have genuinely, I mean, I would hope that that isn't the only reason why he is being pardoned early. Of course, um, that is the oh, sorry, that's the reason that he was put forward for it. But there should be a lot of criteria that enables that. It can't be just that one moment. So I guess the point is, people, uh, people can change. People mm. can change. 
I, you know, I don't say this lightly. There are there are there are lots and lots of things to consider. You know, it could be that the crime was so heinous previously, and the impact was so significant uh, for you know you know people you know that were connected to that crime. You know, um, that that may not be possible. Uh, but if somebody has genuinely shown that they have grown, that they're no longer the same person, I think that that you should be able to. Yeah, which 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 he has apparently. So from what I read, in prison he's um, studying for a business degree. He's overcome some substance misuse issues that he had when he went in, um, which is not easy in prison. By the way, a lot of people will have the view. Well, he's in prison. Of course, he stopped using drugs. Uh, it doesn't work like that. Um, so yeah, he 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 has reformed in that way. If you were in his business class in um, in prison, studying for business with him, and you'd been in for a similar amount of time, but you he, you didn't happen to be on the day release on that day, but you feel like I'm doing every, I'm doing the same of everything that Stephen was doing. I'm doing. But I just didn't happen to be in in the right place at the right time to do what he'd done. Would you feel a bit aggrieved? Am I pulling it apart too much? Uh, you know, obviously that's kind of what we do for the purpose of what we do. But do you, do you understand what I'm saying with yeah, the question? Yeah? yeah, somebody who's turning their life around in exactly the same way. You think, well, why why does he get you know? It's because he put his life on the line. He, he you know, um, he, he maybe earned a, an extraordinary moment. You know, it isn't normal. It is, it is, as you say, it is a really used prerogative. Is that right? Prerogative. Is that what you said? Don't know. It sounds like a good word, though. You said it. You read it out. Um, oh right, yeah, no prerogative. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's a really used one. So. Um, uh so this was an extraordinary moment and i think sometimes you can go you can do the rules are rules and you know guidelines are guidelines but it's an extraordinary moment where somebody genuinely put his uh, life his own safety on the line in pursuit of others and so uh this was seen as a massive act of heroism that has uh earned him uh, right to an early race i think that's okay i think we can often Go, oh, it shouldn't be, and, you know, is it fair on the other people? But you know what? It's okay, I think. Yeah. If, no, if I, the look, family I, of the victim have given it their blessing. I've given it their blessing. And it's quite close, so it's only 10 months, right? Yeah. So it's not massive, and he's yeah. going to be out anyway. Yeah. And I think uh, 10 months doesn't really change his risk, right? Because there's an obvious question of risk here, right? Is he going to be a risk to society? Yeah, yeah, exactly. When he comes out. So what they've done is, I think this is a nice way of saying thank you for what you did. However, is there an argument for the fact that his first reaction was to grab an elephant's tusk or whatever it was? That Does that, does that show that he's still got a bit of it in him? I know, mate, he was wearing like a fake vest and was murdering people, but... but does it show that he's still got an instinct for violence? Uh, uh, look, <laughs> I don't know. I would probably have picked up the elephant's tusk if, you know, if, if you know. You would have ran, mate. You'd have been back in Brighton before before you could say elephant's tusk. See, that's tusk. the thing. I know, I, I know you're having a, a, a laugh and 
But you don't know what, what instincts kick in in a moment like that. Like, so he may no. have thought, okay, this is going down. You would pick whatever you think would 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 help would help you, right? I mean, yeah. It's odd that there was an elephant's listen, tusk ready to hand there. It's odd that there was an elephant's tusk, you know, read yeah, readily available. But look, I, I honestly, I know you're, I know you're trying to have a debate here, but um, I, I think, um, I think, uh, so just to go back to the, the question, maybe, maybe he will still have instinctive reactions, but uh, he has he has shown through evidence, through the way that he has grown and developed over time, that he ha- is, a, is, a, is a changed man. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. There was the... Do you remember when the in the Manchester bombings? Sorry, before you go in there, can I just ask you, people could say that about looking at you. People, on, could, look could, at, well, people, people could look at you. Handsome man. And they're, they're unlikely to say that. But what they might say is, uh, you, you've, you're, you're probably still a fug deep down. You're probably still a racist fug deep down. You're probably still somebody, yeah. you know, like they could say that. But when I know you and people look at you and all the people around and the world. And the evidence, yeah. But you've so much evidence that that is not you anymore. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, by the way, I agree with your viewpoint. I'm arguing with your viewpoint to try and pull it apart yeah, as yeah. much as I can. Yeah, yeah, no, right? I'm yeah. not arguing with it because I disagree with you. Yeah. I would definitely, you know, I think it's, I think it's a nice thing to have done for the fella. There is the, 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 to bring some nuance to it. You know, the Manchester bombings happened. Yeah. Do you remember there was a couple of homeless people that ran in and helped a couple of people? Do you remember this? Uh, yes. But then it also turned out that, as well as helping them, they robbed their wallets. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's the bit I was trying to and recall. Wh- yeah. And I and what I what I remember about the time is how everyone was like, um, "Oh, these heroes! Look, look! Homeless people can be good." Da da da. And then they were disgusted when they stole the wallets. And then at that time, there was a bit of me that was like, "These are like, this is you know, they're in an awful place, right? You can't have it kind of both ways in terms of how you look at them. So you only wanted to like celebrate homeless people if they're." on their ass in, in that place, probably like, you know, I don't want to make assumptions, but they've probably got their own issues in terms of drugs and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? No, true. And it's a really hard thing to fathom, isn't it? It's a really hard yeah. thing to fathom because yeah. it, it it's one thing it being, you know, the event of a bomb, but it was the event of a bomb where there were so many young people involved. And it was just, mm. look, mate, I get her, I, I hear you. People have tough lives. And people are in the throes of addiction and depression and all that stuff. And then there's just a right and wrong thing to do. And they're on the wrong side of wrong, right? And I know know you're not just that. I'm just saying that I can totally understand why people reacted in that way. Because it was a pretty terrible thing to do. Now, the reasons for it may be you know, that th- there is a depth to them, right? Like they probably didn't even, kind of, they were just thinking about, you know, some opportunism, right? But you can understand why people react with such disgust. Uh, without question, without question. But what it does highlight, and I guess one of the points I sort of, one of the points I was trying to pull out that might not have been, you might not have seen if you looked at it at the surface level, is that good people can do bad things. I consider myself to be a good person who's done some bad things in my life. But on the flip side of that, bad people can do good things yeah. too, if you know what I mean. Yeah. 
And we've got, you know, and this Stephen Gallant case is not that nuanced. When you actually look at it, it's quite clear. He's changed and all that kind of stuff. And he deserves a, he deserves a pardon. But there is nuance in other ideas when we look at good people doing bad things and bad people doing good things and and how we judge them people and i guess you could have a long conversation couldn't you of um what makes a good person that does bad things and what makes a bad person that does good things you could you you could um do you know what i mean the other thing i would say is it points to uh a, a bigger debate right around uh rehabilitation and it points to incarceration and it points to kind of what really happens, you know, because that's just a place oftentimes just to kind of lock up a problem. It gets the problem mm. gets worse. Um, and then there's kind of, you know, uh, there's kind of uh, you know, you're perpetuating the problem. But I think there's also a truth to, um, you, you know, uh, the way that the public decides to get behind or not behind a certain thing. Right, all the way the media. So the media got behind him, the public got behind him. If the public got behind him but the media didn't get behind him, would he have been you know, would he have been seen in such a perfect light? I think there's there's a there's a sort of a lot to be said for um the fact that he was right place, wrong time, but also right place, right time in terms of kind of what you know, the, the yeah. things happened to him. Yeah. Okay, good. Debate one done. I can put a tick through it. Do you want me to reread the four titles for you, Hass? No, I think we should go with Touchy Touchy Feely Feely. Touchy Touchy Feely Feely. What's Touchy Touchy Feely Feely about, Hass? Uh, I believe this is about uh, uh, Aguero, the Man City football player, um, manhandling a football official. That's exactly what we're talking about. So we're talking about the fact that Sergio Aguero, the Man City striker, um, but did you call it manhandled? I did, actually. Did you say manhandled? I did, I did. Uh, I've just realised there's a gender thing in there yeah, as well. Yeah, no, exactly. And I hadn't, I hadn't thought of it when I said manhandled. So, I was just looking yeah, at it. Yeah, no, as... misappropriately handled. Okay, so tell me your thoughts on it. So for anyone that doesn't know, Aguero... Is a male footballer. Um, Sean Macy Ellis or Macy Ellis is a lines person uh, in football. She's the only one in the Premier League. Yeah, that's a woman. That's yeah. female. And uh, what happened was Aguero didn't agree with a decision she gave. He did a bit of shouting at her, didn't he? In her face. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. And then as she turned to walk off, he sort of put his arm on her opposite shoulder, so it was yeah. almost around her. Yeah. And looked at her, and it and and. Some are saying he gave her a bit more stick and some are saying he was genuinely apologising. Um, what's your take on it, mate? Right. My take on it is uh, I think he was being overly ag aggressive with his gesture. I don't think he was apologising because you could tell he was like, you know, he was remonstrating about, you know, the fact that the decision didn't go his way. She made clear... Um, Massiellis, that I'm, I've moved on now. Let's get back to the, you know, to the game. She turned, and he went around, and he like, he put his arm around her neck, and just to kind of pull her back towards him. Um, you, you don't see that happening. You don't see that happening with officials. Um, 
male officials. Um, well, I, I've got to, I've got to interject there because you do, uh, you do. It happens a lot. Not so much anymore because since 2016, it become an offence to touch a referee. So does, Whereas before, so does that, it happen a lot now? There's quite a lot of sort of video and photo evidence come out of of people touching male officials since it's happened. Not lines, not linesmen though, but touching the ref a lot. There's a picture of Paul oh yeah, Pogba no, you see it a lot holding the ref on the head. Yeah, yeah, no, you see you see it with the ref. You don't, but the linesman is slightly see it different. So much yeah. with the linesman. I don't. I see. I can't recall it, but then maybe it's because it's been particularly They're, highlighted because it's happened because it's a female lines person. I suspect that it is, you know, maybe it does happen, but I don't notice it. I don't see it. But it just definitely felt wrong. Would I have felt the same? Let me ask myself a question. Would I have felt the same if I'd have seen it happen to a male lines person, a linesman? Um, I probably would feel less bothered about it because I just don't like I don't like I don't like the image of what it conjures up particularly so what's your what's your beef here right and I'm just I'm asking you questions I'm not giving you an opinion here I'm just asking questions what's your beef is your beef that you should never touch an official or is it because he did it to a woman my beef is that okay I don't think you should touch an official but I'm like I'm not that I mean I'm sort of not that bothered my beef is not that it my beef is that I think he did it because she's a female official. You do think that, yeah. 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 Now, I don't know if it was intentional, like I'm going to, you know, I think it was just, I don't know, this is just an assumption, right? And an interpretation, but it's just, yeah, uh, it's just an interpretation that maybe he just overstepped the boundaries because of, you know, a certain probably just just ingrained kind of behavior, uh, you know, in behaviors. And yeah, so attitudes. like an unconscious, yeah. an unconscious I, I, behavior I do believe towards it was, women. I do believe it's probably more unconscious, but who knows? Who knows what was going through his mind? No, I definitely think. I, see, when I watched it, I read about it first. So did I, and then watched it. Yeah, and then watched it. And at first, I thought, well, he's had a beast, right? It, it, it's not. This ain't going to be good, right? There's going to be no. I watched it back, and I, Aguero, who I've got a little bit of love for, haven't I? Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he is quite a touchy-touchy-feely-feely person, which is why I've called it this. He is like that. If you watch him after games and stuff, he's one of them who shakes hand and puts his hand on their cheek, and he's he, he, he is very touchy-touchy-feely-feely. Uh, I can't think of a time of him doing it with any officials, but I can very well imagine him doing it, right? What what I I saw him have a pop at her, right? And then put his arm on her shoulder to say, come on. Was it more like neck on. though? Wasn't it more like the neck than the shoulder? I think it feels a bit different, the neck. The neck feels a bit more like a controlling gesture. The The shoulder is a bit more like, you know... I think... Oh, I need to see it again. You you reckon it was his neck? Her, her neck. neck. The, the way you're describing it, see, changes it for me. And it goes back to being more of a... something that shouldn't have happened. Whereas when I watched it, I thought he sort of went to say something to her and then 
she almost goes to give him a tap back as he runs off. What I think is, as I watched, I watched it a few times. I felt like she was ready to move on. He did the thing, yeah, and then I agree she, with and that. then she was not going to rise to it. She was just, you know, ever the professional just wanted to like carry on with it. Look, do you know that one what? of the things, one of the things that we, one of the things that we talk about. Uh, in our work, we, we, we bring this thing called the four agreements in, which I'm not going to go into detail now, but one of the four agreements is uh, don't make assumptions, right? So it's in our t- work that we do with teams, right? And uh, because there's just, just so much, we could we can assume Aguero's intentions or not. We can assume his uh, tactile nature or not. We can assume that he would or would not have done it with uh, a male official alliance person um we can assume how offended or not uh sean massey ellis was we can assume uh a lot of things and we just we just don't know right but i guess uh one thing that's interesting is that i wonder if the world would be reacting in the same way if he grabbed a, a, a like a male official um so that's that again we we can only assume right so when well, no so, no we i think we can more than assume they, w- they, 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 they wouldn't. wouldn't okay so so all i can go by is that that make me feel uncomfortable and it made me feel very uncomfortable it did yeah and not because i don't yeah. believe that uh she's sham masiellis can't handle herself or you know you know isn't equal she's absolutely all of those things i, I actually I'm, I'm more comfortable with the way that Aguero just kind of grabbed her. It was just, it just, it, for me, I I mean, I would encourage you to look at it again and just see if it, if it was, you know, just a shoulder tap versus a kind of a, a neck grab. No, I think he pull. I think he pulls her in a bit, but I thought it was on the shoulder. The neck does definitely change it okay. a lot. I could, I could be wrong. Uh, so, you know. I just, likely. Um, <laughs> I just, <laughs> no, I, yeah. I said likely. No, it sounds like, it sounds like you're probably right. Um, Pep Guardiola said that he's the nicest guy he's met, so just leave him alone. Yeah, you know, he he, he probably is a really nice guy, and he got you sober, so he is a really nice guy, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, you know, um, look again. It could be, it could be something that has been significantly. It's either extremely right to talk about it because it's real, or it's been bl- blown out of proportion. And it will be somewhere in the middle of that, I'd say. Yeah, no, it is It is somewhere in the middle. And a lot of people have sort of drawn the comparisons and said if he'd done it in an office, what would happen? But it's not in an office, is it? It's on a football pitch. So it is... Do, do you not feel it's completely different uh, to an office? Is, I mean... Not completely different, but it's different. Well, it's di- it? it's she diff- wouldn't be... Well, it's different in that it is in public view and, you know, it's beamed across the world and it's in public domain. Whereas in the office, these are sort of... These are microaggressions, you know, and they get hidden and, you know, there's different context. But the actual, you know, I guess if it is mishandling, misappropriate kind of, um, you know, touching, then then it's still it's, it's still the same issue regardless of the workplace. Yeah, and, I, and I'm not and I'm not a woman um, that's experienced that kind of stuff on a regular basis, right? I'd imagine women do experience the kind of thing that you're talking about there regularly throughout their lives, right? Yeah. Inappropriate touching, the kind of, I don't know, the, like, I don't know, grabbing them by the hips and all that kind of stuff that I'm sure goes on far too regularly. I just 
I don't... To me, I watched it a few times when I watched it. And my initial feeling, my first feeling was my identity politics that I'd like to play says I've just got to go with that he shouldn't do it. Right? That was my first feeling. Yeah. Yeah, because I know as a kind of hard-leaning left person, my stance should... I should take the stance that my tribe or my people would prefer me to take, which is back the the kind of women side of it, right? Uh, do you understand what I've said by that? Yeah, yeah, that? yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That was my that was my first kind of thought, but then my second thought when I watched it again and again and again, I just thought, no, nah, I don't think there's anything in it. I don't think there's any. I don't think there's. I think you could make. I would imagine if you asked, she'll know now. But when she was walking off the pitch, I imagine that Sean would barely remember it again an assumption like you like, i know it's yeah, i know yeah. yeah but it's all assumption yeah isn't it? it is it's all uh, assumption. And, and that's the thing we can speculate and i'm sure there's a lot you know like just because we're recording a podcast um you know it doesn't mean we're the only two people who are talking about it, and there's probably lots of people up and down the country feels like it um has. yeah maybe we are just the only two people that are perpetuating <laughs> this conversation but i doubt it what i would say is <clears throat> yeah I, I definitely hear that sort of Identity politics, that's a good way to kind of put it, because I think, you know, we recognise we're at a time in the world where it's actually, you know, because of what, tr you know, your flatmate Trump, you know, what, what, <laughs> what he what he does in the world and how he really, 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 for his, for his um, behaviours and acts and what he says is really has a disdain for, for women. You're seeing a lot in, in America, in, in America. You know it's not unique to America, by the way, but, you know, it, it's just at the forefront because of the the election that's coming in a few weeks. Um, so I can I can definitely see that that is, you know, form, informing a lot of our thinking. But And I can also see that there are other kind of cultural stereotypes that could come into play. He's Argentinian, he's, he's tactile, he's passionate, you know, but it wasn't a moment of pure passion in the game either. It was like, it was like, this decision didn't go my way and I'm going to use my... Uh, power. That was kind of what I read from it, and I and then I just boil it down to personal view. I watched it a few times. It just didn't sit right. It, you know, it's not like I felt like, you know, he isn't the only person that's a like a passionate tactile kind of player. Like there are lots and lots. Yeah. But there was something that just it didn't look right. So either I'm looking for it to not be right, or you're looking for it to be okay. Do you know what I mean? So, like, uh... yeah, there's there's a bit of that in it, but I think clearly what's quite interesting, and I think the way that we can kind of wrap that part of the conversation up is that we, as people, have felt slightly different for whatever reason when we watch it. Yeah, but it is true, isn't it? I, I, I do. Yeah, we've had a slightly different feeling on it. So, uh, listen, it will be forgotten tomorrow in the in the world of news, anyway. But. I think it was a. It's an interesting subject because it is that one where you sort of, you know, where you you raise the question, where do you draw the line? Yeah, mm. that one I would say was is is hovering on that line somewhere, isn't it? Of yeah, yeah. Is it over either? Do you know what I mean? It's in that grey area, basically. Yeah. Uh, so good. Okay, Has we have three left for you to pick from. Do you need uh, them repeat? Yeah, really repeat, please. Uh, the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. Any idea what you think that one's about? I don't. I mean, it, it's no. not obviously going to be the obvious one, but let's go with that. Let's go with that. Let's yeah, go with that. It, 
Okay, it's not about the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. This one is about the North and South divide uh, in I England. See what you did okay. there. Very see what good. I've done. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Has before we get actually into the conversation, can you give me another band versus another band that would have the same effect? Oasis and Blur. Oh, he's done well. He picked that out quick as well. Very well done. Yeah. I was going to say the Stone Roses and Blur. But it, but Oasis and Blur were the big, like... They Brit were together at the same time, battlers, yeah. Battlers, it? Yeah. Who was the best, Has? Blur. Oh! I'm not an Oasis shout. fan. Shout! not an Oasis You're fan. You're not an Oasis... No. Why? You said that with such disdain. Not, Do you like the disdain. Stone Roses? Uh, I like the Stone Roses, yeah. No, Oasis yeah. are... <laughs> okay, I'm probably going to offend a lot of people here, but... Uh, make good music sounds write terrible lyrics absolute crap useless lyrics and never really liked Liam I quite like Noel quite like Noel this is the result of going to private school isn't it (laughs) no (laughs) (laughs) no it's not I don't particularly I don't particularly like the Beatles Uh, okay it's good for you Do, do you like the Beatles Hass I quite like the Beatles yeah I think the Beatles were the 60s version of Westlife. Oh, mate. It's wrong on so many levels. Well, Why is that wrong? Uh, well, they, played the, they were sort of manufactured, they, weren't they? They were one of the first manufactured they bands. They played instruments. They wrote songs. They Westlife have always been Westlife. White suits from the day what they... What are you saying? Westlife don't write songs, mate. Do you, they maybe do. I, no, were you going to ask me, do, do you not know about Westlife? I don't really, if I'm honest. I'm I know you do. West no, Life don't worry. But want, listen... Mate. Same music, same songs, like no transformation. Whereas at least you could say that the Beatles went through like their early years through to Sgt. Pepper, like went and spent some time in India. All sounds exactly the same. Like Westlife, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, And Louis Walsh. That's why they're exactly the same. Yoko was their Louis Walsh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, but Westlife are probably the best boy band ever. You got another, you reckon? I, don't I, act like you ain't got an opinion on it, mate. I don't really, honestly. That, honestly, that's, you don't like boy You've bands. had a lot of time being sober over the last eight years to think about this sort of stuff. <laughs> so, oh, I'm sorry. I can't share that uh, Do you remember A1? I do remember A1. I think... I, <laughs> yeah. Do you remember... Um, do you remember New Kids on the Block? Yes, I did, mate. My sister yeah. was a big fan of New Kids on the Block, so... They're probably yeah. the first boy uh, band. Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? NSYNC. Mate, you're so wrong. What, they're better than the Backstreet Boys? I don't I don't really... I think they're both You're drunk, the same. mate. You, are you... What's in that glass you've been drinking? That's <laughs> Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coke Zero, actually, yeah, no right. sugar. But uh, no, Backstreet Boys <laughs> had that uh, Backstreet's Back. That's a good track. Yeah. Couldn't... No? I was going to ask you for a couple of vocals on it. Right. Anyway, the conversation was not is not about music here, although that's a good conversation. Um, yeah, but n- none of those divide. bands you talked about do music. Why are you hammering boy bands oh, for? Sorry. What's your no, beef, you mate? Like- you grew up on boy bands in your in your in, in the private school. That's what you were listening to on compact. Actually, discs. we weren't mini mini discs. We listened to uh, Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers. And do you like them? Do you like Nirvana? I do. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I do. 
Okay, yeah, one of my favourite bands. And I like the Red Hot Chilies as Very well. Very good. There you go. Now, can you get to the point of your question, please? Well, I keep trying to, and then you're trying to have the last word Sorry, on boy bands, aren't you? And then on. you've come out like you're some sort of, like, like you were some sort of cool grunger when you I were... I was. Young. I used to have an undercut. <laughs> <laughs> when I had hair. <laughs> yeah. You still got an undercut. Yeah. <laughs> just, just involuntary. <laughs> Right. Uh, okay. The, sorry, the North and South Divide, it's actually a very serious conversation. Although when I wrote it down, I thought it might not be very uh, exciting for the podcast, but I thought it was worth touching on. Uh, so, yeah, look, the the Andy Burnham is not allowing at the moment, is he, uh, them to go into, um, into, into lockdown. What's your opinion on it? What's your opinion? Do you think there's a north and south divide? Uh, in general, Do you think it's real. In general, yeah. like, I think there is. Uh, Being a scouse, because you're obviously a scouse. Yeah, of course. You? Yeah, you can tell from my accent. Yeah. Um, there's a cultural divide, but you sort of get that across. It's not just unique to England. There's sort of a cultural divide between north and south of London. There's a cultural divide between the north and south of England. Uh, there's a cultural divide in Game of Thrones. Um, you know, like, it's just, it's always the way. Uh, so what's the, so do I think, if I'm really honest, I, I haven't really been following enough of it. I'll be really honest. I just try and, I, I, I made a decision very early on, um, rightly or wrongly, to not spend a disproportionate amount of time keep keeping up to date with what's going on it with with covid related stuff because it was it was really affecting my mental health and right. um so i just I, I sort of rely on other people to tell me something big's about to happen and then i might look into it so i don't know enough to give you a qualified answer on what's going on up in manchester and liverpool All right. wales are about to go into lockdown mate i thought but i'll just let you oh, know cheers cause... mate yeah, <laughs> something this big that's about to happen on Friday. Yeah. They're going into lockdown. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Look, maybe we'll leave it there. Maybe the better conversation was North bands against South bands. Well, what's the uh, point actually, you I were think... trying to get to, though? Like, what? No, there wasn't one. It was just I thought you know with, today's very topical, so I was sort of bringing topical stuff that was. But going what's on your in point of view? What's your point of view on whether there should be a lockdown or not? I made a decision at the beginning of lockdown to not really... <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, nice. um, I, I do think... Uh, I like that Andy Burnham's making a bit of a stand on it. I do think there is a little bit... Uh, look, we've said this quite a bit when we've talked about COVID in terms of it does discriminate in that if you live in the poorer parts of society, it's more likely to affect you. I know London's sort of gone into tier two recently now as well. Um, but I just think the whole thing has been a bit of, uh, it's been shambolic, disjointed from from start to finish. And, you know, I believe when it comes to COVID, there has to be some sort of tipping point in the end where we start to look at the impact that this is having on people's mental health and stuff like that in general. And I think there's really, we need to take a sort of real long look at the way it's all being handled at the moment because I think it's just uh, nobody knows if they're coming or going so it's a problem yeah mm. yeah um, but let's leave we'll, yeah. we'll leave that one yeah. and we'll say you know we'll leave that one on the fact that Backstreet Boys are better than Nirvana and Blur are better than the Beatles um, Backstreet Boys so are last... better than Nirvana <laughs> I was joking mate. Oh, sorry. don't quote me on that uh, one you, you're I'm, quoted I'm a... now I'm gonna that's it I'm gonna Kirk, I'm about to get Kirk Cobain tattooed on my leg oh right big fan 
Yeah, soon. So uh, in December, I'm booked in. He's one of a few faces that will be going on on my leg, Hass. You, you've not made Donald, Tr- Donald Trump's next to him, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you love a, yeah, you Don, love a blonde. Don, <laughs> he's not blonde, is he? Wants to be. Trump's not blonde, yeah. is he? He wants to be. Yeah. No. Okay. Two left, Hass, and I reckon. Oh, what time did we start this? How long have we got? About fifteen minutes. Okay, we can probably do both then. Okay. Uh, well, let's see. Let's see how we go. Greatness looks like madness until it finds context or ballerining into cyber. Uh, let us go with ballerining into cyber. What's this one about, Hass? Uh, the advert that the government put out with the ballerina that will be in cyber. She just don't know it. Yeah. What do you think about it? Absolutely terrible. Terrible communications uh, on the government's part. Just sporadic, thoughtless, uh, terrible advertising coming from somebody that was in in, in the industry. Um, And uh, just sort of came out of nowhere. It was just ridiculous. I can't believe they did it. It seemed to come up straight after the... Very obvious and clear backlash to Reg. What's his name? Rishi Sunak. When he, you know, come out and sort of basically said that they should retrain. Yeah. You'd have thought someone would have said, "Shit, don't. Let's not go with that ad campaign that we're about to go with." If surely someone would have said, or they, they must have gone, "Let's roll that ad campaign out." That they'll see it in better light. I now. wonder. What's going uh, on? Look, I was trying to figure out what agency did it because I, I, I can't imagine that they just did it internally I'm sure that there was an agency that did it. I want to find out who did it because I want to tell them they're absolute crap um, but uh, you know just sort of stepping back for a minute I think the message around having to retrain potentially because there is going to be a significant and long-term impact on our economy isn't a bad message it's also a message to say, you know what, um, if, if you know, if you have to do that, you know, life isn't over, right? That that you might need to do certain kind of kinds of retraining to um, uh, to kind of uh, you know get through right the next few months. So I think that you know that's obviously a, a broader message that needs to be delivered, you know, punctually in an ad, right? So. The message was, it was kind of snidey. It was a bit like how I imagine Pretty Patel is all the time. She's like massively snidey the whole time, right? <laughs> and um, and it almost, it's almost like she probably did the advert. Like it was just really snidey. Like, oh, look, she doesn't even know it yet. She's she, like this thing that she spent her whole lifetime on becoming an absolute expert in uh, that gives so much to society, you know, because of we enjoy entertainment. Um, um yeah, but, you know, she's not going to be able to do that anymore. Like, it came across that way. Whereas, uh, it, you know, if if you sort of gave the sort of, we're all in this together, the next, you know, obviously you wouldn't use this language, but, you know, uh, think about reskilling, training. So it's rather than just kind of making fun of the fact that, say, if you're in the creative sector, that you may not be able to, uh, you may have to do some other things, then, you know, then that's, that's something that you uh, uh, probably could message differently. So I just thought the execution of it was just appalling. Um, and uh, I just yeah it was it was absolutely terrible. 
Bit Did you see all the memes going about? Yeah. Is it memes? Do you call them memes? Yeah. That's the right yeah, word, I think isn't it? Memes, yeah. Um, did you see them all? Yeah, yeah. They just got like at the beginning they were like quite witty and funny, and then they just sort of like Savage. done the usual yeah. internet yeah. where they just started getting yeah. horrendous. Yeah. And you, you know, I think it's, I think somebody said you picked the wrong industry. Uh, you know, Boris, uh, if if he wanted this to you know go quietly because obviously the creatives are going to get onto that straight away and they did within you know within seconds what do you think of Rishi Sunak mate Sunak uh I think because I think he was one of your reasons to be cheerful no he's he's never been my reason to be cheerful okay I or you bigged him up right I know I've I've bigged him up and I I I think um I think in a sea of absolute uh, dross and mediocrity. He has risen to the top. He looks like a proper. Uh, looks banging in a suit, doesn't he? He wear, he wear, his trousers are a bit short. If you if you ever. Oh, I don't mate. mind that. He's always got game socks on as well, I mate. Know. I don't know. They are. Try, he's always got game. Trying a bit hard. So uh, <laughs> I'm making a serious point. I think he's stepped up. You're right. There, there's a lot. Every, everyone is having to operate in chaos, but he seems to have kind of moved quickly and taken leadership position. Some of the stuff, uh, you know, that he said recently, uh, you know, uh, I don't agree with. But I think the kind of the the, the moves that were made around um, the early kind of impact of of lockdown and stuff were good. Uh, let's see what happens in October, like at the end of this month, though, because this, this is when the Chancellor really needs to kind of, you know, uh, pull his socks up. Yeah. The pun. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, go on. No, listen, and uh, I, I, I think I agree with everything you said on that one, Hass. I'm, so, I don't, so, I've got, it's a rare pleasure you agreeing with me. I've got n- nothing of value to add to that. I think that the is less thing rare. I've added of value that to is that less rare. Was, <laughs> was that Rishi looks banging in a suit. He looks like he'd smell lovely. I bet he's got... He does, yeah. doesn't he? I bet his aftershave collection, is banging. The, collect, like, the collection is probably pretty spectacular. Yeah, I bet he's got. I bet he wears a nice. Watch what do you reckon? As well. Do you reckon he uses like pomade on his hair or, or what? I don't know, but I imagine it smells good. Yeah, <laughs> you should try and get up close, <laughs> like find a way into <laughs> Parliament just to smell Rishi Sunak's hair. <laughs> Shirt always stays immaculately pressed as well. I don't. I, I don't. I'm in the car for five minutes and mine's well creased. Yeah, but there's not th- just, there's there's no fat on him. You know what I mean? There's there's you've probably got a few curves for the shirt to get around. Well, I think it's a bit harsh. I think it's um, a bit but I'm just saying he's me. he's like a beanpole, <laughs> and he's probably not sitting in a car all day long. And his shirts, to be fair, are probably three hundred pounds more than your shirts as well. Yeah, but what? Main with what, the f- what? Yeah, certain threads of Egyptian <laughs> cotton, I imagine. <laughs> Listen, mate, I've got a few Henry Lloyds in the cupboard, Ooh. yeah, and they get creased more than the others. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> right, let's do the last one. I think we've got time. Okay, let's, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, okay, let's do it qu- fairly quickly. Greatness looks like madness until it finds context is a quote by Russell Brand from his book Mentors. Has are you self-made? Am I self-made? What do you? Uh, uh, do what, is it? Is it typically question, ambiguous? Oh, I built that okay. up so well. Okay, I don't believe I am self-made. Why not? I'm the product of the generosity of lots of other people. Okay, brilliant. Good answer. Do you think anyone can ever be self-made? 
Uh, no. Because I, I think if we look at it in the way that I just answered it, I think uh, you're always impacted by other people. So whether you go, mm. like, take you for example, right, you're, you're not self-made because you were impacted by, you know, the behaviours of your dad, you were impacted by the behaviours of your environment, you were impacted by the behaviours of the people around you. So it wasn't just that you, you know, you're impacted by the guy that, that basically saw you in that moment, you know, when you were sitting in the pub. And so you're not self-made, but it doesn't mean that the work you haven't put in, like no one was going to be around, right? Um, uh, afterwards, and you've you've put you could look at you and say you are you 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 are the entire reason for you know the fact that we sit here to, today. I think you can look at say for example, you know when uh, an analogy is you know um, when there's a bereavement right in a family. Mm. And you have a lot mm-hmm. of people and you have a lot of time, right? Um, it, you know, when, when the events happen, they're coming to your house and they spend a lot of time. And then they'll be with you at the funeral and then you kind of, you know, at the wake afterwards or whatever. But then people just get on with their lives. And mm. then you're left mm. to just do it yourself. Are you self-made? You know, in this situation, a lot of that love and support and care gives you the energy to go and do what you need to do for the next period. Yeah. No, oh, you've answered that with huge depth. Who, and I agree with everything. Who, um, who's been your greatest mentor, aside from me? <laughs> aside from you, there's there's no one. Uh, I mean, I have a few, man. I, I I don't think there's one person that's on the pedestal. You right, know, give after us you. give us a couple. Give us a few. Um, Krish. Let's name check them. Yeah, let's have an opportunity to name okay. check them. I think it's a nice thing to do. Krish Saroy. My business partner, who lots of people know, um, he was my first coach uh, when I took the big job at Saatchi and Saatchi. When I was sort of trying to figure out what it meant for me and not feeling, you know, not feeling like um, a complete imposter, and he he helped me uh, through that journey. He's been an incredible kind of part of my life ever since, and uh, so he he gets a mention. Uh, Mum and my sister, who I've talked about before, but you know, f- for their sort of courage and. Uh, for putting up with me um, when I was, uh, you know, uh, uh, a bit of a uh, an errant teenager, um, and also like the lessons that they've given me in life, um, you know, other people, uh, professional level, uh, my mate Justin, who's uh, uh, at Publicist Group, and uh, kind of, you know, worked very closely with him at a business level. He taught me a lot in terms of, you know, of how I approach business. Uh, and then lots and lots of other people, you know, um, lots of friends and things like that. And, uh, uh, you know, joking, not, you know, just having a serious moment, what you do in the world. Uh, I wouldn't quite call it mentoring because I've got so much more wisdom than you, but I do find it inspirational. <laughs> I can never give you just a straight up compliment. Uh, but I really, I take a lot, I take a lot of value of what you, you know, uh, from what you do in the world and, and the impact that you have on people. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for throwing that in at the end, mate. And, um, and Jurgen Klopp, he he doesn't know it, but he mentors me every day. <laughs> but listen, I don't really want to open up Liverpool those uh, right now. Just I'm too emotional about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I don't think you should, mate. Uh, with it's been a good season for him so far. Uh, no, look, I do. I, I I sort of wanted to bring mentors up a little bit. I think you know you've mentored me like incredibly. Really, I wouldn't be anywhere near where I am if I hadn't have met you and like proper lent on you for. You know, I lean on you a lot. Really, probably still do. Um, and you know, I think in the self help space, 
there's this idea that like you're supposed to do it yourself and get there and then you know in this kind of entrepreneur space it's all about like self-made being self-made and that and I just don't think it's realistic when I look at when I first got sober the guy who I confided in do you know what I mean who I had that conversation with he took me under his wing his name's Oggy Paul Hunt um like he was my first real kind of mentor in my new journey and then there was a guy called Ian Mowbray who uh was good for me at the time uh, I don't really know him anymore um, but consistently throughout my journey of kind of progressing and moving forward in my life, there's always been mentors and I can't do it by myself. So I think that's been uh, just vital for me, mate. So good. I think we've had, I'm going to use the word, an abundant conversation brilliant. today. I've really enjoyed it. I've put you right on a few things. I've helped you. Uh, I think I've really helped you progress uh, musically. Um, which I think has been really, really Can important. you lend me your um, Westlife back catalogue just so I can see what all the hype's about? Mate, I proper love Westlife. Fly, do, fly, do you think I'm joking? You, you've often in the past been flying without wings before as well, right? So, you, <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, do you think I'm joking? I, I know you're probably not. That's okay. I'm not, mate. I really like Westlife. <laughs> do you know who my favourite artist is of all time? Who? Sire. See ya. Yeah. She's you know a I'm on about? Do, yeah. She's been around a long time. I think she was on the first I think she was the singer on the first Zero Seven album. She's incredible. Uh, and, and just an amazing Mate, artist. She is so good. Yeah. So, lyrically, wow. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe this has turned out to be a, a podcast about music. We are there, uh Hass. Tell me your reason to be cheerful. Uh reset is my word that encapsulates why I'm cheerful today. I was, honestly, la last few weeks I've been really uh, f feeling quite um, grumpy, actually. Like a lot, a lot of, lot of stuff going on at work, a lot of change. Um, and so I, I, I was trying to do something on Friday afternoon work-wise and I couldn't quite crack it. So I just, I was grumpy Friday evening. I carried it through to Saturday. Um, but I think what I realised was that I wasn't, I'd because we'd ha we'd been doing a tiny bit of work in the house, I'd lost lost my rhythm on my exercise and my you know my eating and all the self like all the work that I'd put in over the last few months to kind of have some routine and consistency and what I talked to people about all the time I'd kind of let slip, particularly around exercise. And I just yesterday evening I sort of decided e even bad habits like you know take putting you know you know checking my email you know just before bed and that sort of stuff. So just basically told myself right resetting tomorrow reset you know went to sleep early woke up this morning exercise ate well and I just I feel like you know 100% again and then my energy is like through the roof you know and and sort of mood so reset brilliant that is that's I, I really like the idea of reset and can you just tell me again the title that of this of your it was just reset sometimes less that's is it. more reset re just reset, reset. Uh, okay, good. My uh, my reason to be cheerful is we're going away for a long weekend this weekend, Hass. We're going down to Cornwall on Friday till Monday. Uh, we've got a little um, log cabin oh, in the middle of nice. nowhere oh, in Cornwall what? where we can take the dog. Um, it's on a site that's got six log cabins, that's it, and a big lake. And it's right near, do you know Bude? I don't really know that part of the world. Is it beautiful? Incredible parties. <sighs> Come on. 
it had I'm to like, be done. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. You've just titled your reasons to be cheerful. Reset. Less is more. And then you've come up with... <laughs> what are you looking for? I'm looking for a quote book. Uh, but don't worry. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah, li- listen, that's mine, mate. I, 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 I don't feel like I've ever needed it more than I need it at the moment. I'm going to shut off. Uh, I'm going to switch off. And I'm going to reset. <laughs> so the title of my reasons to be cheerful reset. is... Reset. Reset. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. Wow, mate. That that okay. sounds absolutely fantastic. And you have to give me the details because that sounds something like something I, I want a piece of. Yeah. So four of the six things have got a hot tub and that with them as well. An outdoor hot tub. Did, did you get one, one of the two of the tub, six that doesn't have... Oh, mate. <laughs> you just jump into yeah. one of theirs. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. the six kids and exactly. the dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, mate. No, you like, have an amazing time. Look forward to hearing about it. Yeah, you will. You will. And uh, anything else to add, mate? I've enjoyed this today. I like a good topical debate. No, it's been brilliant. A good, good, good hearted, and I think, you know, some good topics have come. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.